Good morning and welcome everyone to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village for March 6, 2022. The first Sunday in the liturgical season of Lent. We are glad that you have joined us for worship today, whether you are joining us in person or online, we are happy to have you be among our extended worshiping family. We are now um, seeing ourselves in another transition period of where masks are now becoming uh, optional as we gather here in LA County or Ventura County or California. And so um, in that they are optional, that means that it is up to you as to whether you want to wear them or not. So if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, I want you to know that you are welcome to be here with us and feel comfortable doing that. If you feel comfortable not wearing a mask, well then you feel comfortable doing that as well. The one thing we do ask of you as you gather to worship is to respect your neighbor's sense of, of health safety. If you can kind of get a feeling for what that is, um, those guys over there are shoulder to shoulder. They feel comfortable being shoulder to shoulder. If you feel more comfortable having a little bit of a distance, well then let that be what you feel comfortable doing and do that during worship. And we all want to respect each other's sense of comfort. So um, as you approach somebody, uh, you don't go, oh, wait a second. Or go like, oh, come on, let's have a hug. Whatever it is that you feel is, is your level at this point, we want to uh, encourage you to do and encourage us to respect the other person's sense of, uh, of propriety for their health. Today is the crop walk. The Saltos are in here with their crop walk t-shirts on. It's good to see that. Um, we have some walkers who are walking. If you haven't yet... Um, connected to support the crop walk, you can still do that by, by talking to them after worship outside or by going online to our website, which is where you are right now if you're watching us uh, as we are doing this live stream. On that website, you will find a place where you can click and connect to uh, the crop walk and to make a donation. Last Wednesday, we had our Ash Wednesday service of the uh, Collaborative Ministries of United Methodist Church Thousand Oak, United Methodist Church St. Matthews in uh, Newberry Park, and ourselves. Uh, the three of us gathered for Ash Wednesday. We will do that also for Monday, Thursday, and for Good Friday. Good Friday will be in our facility. But each Wednesday now, until Holy Week, we're meeting up at, at St. Matthews for a Lenten study. And it's uh, multi-generational, so whatever age you are, you are welcome to be a part. You are welcome to bring your children. Uh, activities and program will be provided for them, as well as a, a free meal starting at 5.30, a light meal that uh, gets us through the evening, so you won't have to worry about um, bringing anything or eating before you come. Uh, we hope you join us. We are looking to develop our ability as three sister churches to do things together to the glory of God and to the benefit of our parishioners. So please, uh, see if you are able, if you feel comfortable, come join us. Otherwise, see if you can tune into the St. Matthew's um, Facebook site, which if you don't know what that is, join me. 
in calling Joanna this week and saying, how do I do this? Or text messaging or emailing her. And, and she'll educate all of us on how to uh, connect to them if we can't go in person. So Lent has started, and Rachel and I are, are launching into a new focus of sermons. The sermons will be about Jesus. <laughs> well, there's a surprise for you. We're, we're going to talk about Jesus during Lent. It seems like an appropriate idea, don't you think? We're asking ourselves the question, what are the characteristics of Jesus that get our attention? Why is it that we're drawn to Jesus? Why is it that we might actually love Jesus? These will be the questions before us this Lent, and we'll uh, point you in some directions to see if that helps you in your own personal spiritual exploration of this season of Lent. Today we look at how Jesus is presented to us as someone who is very much like us, which is really a good starting point as we move from Ash Wednesday into the Sundays of Lent. So let us center ourselves and prepare ourselves for worship. or spirit as we join in our call to worship today. We have come to Lent, that season of preparation for Easter. We know the journey to the empty tomb goes past the cross. Make this worship come alive with your spirit, Lord God.
pray. Holy God, we pray for your presence and strength as we start our journey towards the cross and the tomb and the sunrise of Easter. May we look well within and with your Spirit's assist, may we experience in our worship your presence and power, your wisdom and grace, beckoning us towards the life you envision for us. Help us, Lord God, to reach it. Amen. Be seated. in our worship service where I have the opportunity to talk to the children of our church. It is great to be in person with you guys face to face. I want to thank you for giving our family the time to, to wrestle with the new realities in our family after Warren's heart attack. He is doing well. We have one more test to make sure that his body is functioning the way that it should, but we are hopeful that that test will come out well on Tuesday. So we will keep you posted. Um, children of the church, I have a question for you. What season are we in? Of course, my two. Oh, all right, we're going to go with you, Chloe. Okay, good try, good try. Mark and Maya had their hand up. I skipped them, so I'll let them answer. Good job. Thank you, Sarah. I'm pretty sure you knew that, too. Um, we are in the season of Lent. Pastor Walt said it about four times as we were starting this morning, and I said it in our opening call to worship. Now, what is Lent? Luke, you think you've got it? <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, I don't know if it's fair that you get to answer, Mark, because you've asked me this question three times this week. You want to answer anyways? What is it? the season that we prepare for Easter. Good job as a PK, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's the season that we prepare for Easter. Have you guys noticed anything different around the sanctuary? The flowers. Okay, we've got flowers on the altar. Is there anything else that's different? Chloe. Everything's purple. Good job. Yeah, you've got the tablecloth that's purple. You've got the shroud that's purple. Pastor Walt and I are even wearing purple, huh? Right here, sir. And that is so that we remember, again, that we're in Lent. And we are preparing for Easter, just as you said. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some of the things that help us prepare for Easter. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about prayer, we're going to talk about simplifying, and we're going to talk about giving. So I'm not going to like go into any of that this week, but I'm preparing you for what our talks are going to be for the next couple of weeks. So think about in the next week what sort of prayers you like to pray. And I may ask you to either have your parents text me or call me, and maybe we'll share some of those prayers in worship next week, okay? Does that sound good? All right, can we, I got a thumbs up, thank you, sir. 
I appreciate it. All right, let's be in a moment of prayer as we take time to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. And thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for all of our yesterdays. Thank you for loving us all the way to the cross and to Easter. Help us to prepare for this journey. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, those of you that are here, feel free to head off to Sunday school. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this day with praise and thanksgiving in awe of the way in which your love surrounds us, covers us, and comforts us in all that we go through. We give you thanks for this day, and we ask you to hear the prayers that are on our hearts this day. As we journey to Lent, help us to open our hearts to your love, to your grace, and being filled with your spirit in such a way that we are made new when we get to Easter. Allow us to see what you are planting and cultivating in each of our lives so that we might live our lives to the fullest, to the richest, and in ways that bring honor and glory to you in all that we do. This day we ask for prayers for everyone who is experiencing fear and pain throughout our world whether it's fear of, of foreign forces coming and taking over our property and our land, fear for our life, pain from surgeries that are needed and that have been postponed, whether it's fear from authorities threatening our, our rights and our ability to claim for ourselves who we are or the pain of a broken heart. Lord, you know all of the places where we need your touch this day. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. This day, Lord, we lift up especially the Ukraine and people who live there as they are experiencing war at this time. We ask you to be with those that are living through this, that they have courage, that they have energy that they know that your presence and that wherever they are they can see your guiding hand helping them through but we thank you for all of those that are offering aid and assistance from those that are calling into or logging into airbnb just to drop some money into the region donating to umcor or going to the train stations at the Countries just outside the region leaving strollers so that families that are fleeing with their babies have some sense of comfort when they get to their next destination. 
Lord, be with everyone through all of this. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Esther McCain and Gary Furness as they receive hospice care in the weeks and months ahead. We pray for their families that journey with them. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. We lift up prayers for Nancy Moravec and Abby Fenton as they recover from their recent surgeries. And we lift up prayers for all of those who are preparing for surgeries in the weeks ahead. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Barry Falk, who collapsed and is hospitalized with an infection. We ask you to be with Barry and Susan as they uh, learn what the, what the cause of the fall was and how they might be able to return Barry to health. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts this day in silence. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray all of this in your son's holy name and join together in the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Isn't it great to have the choir back? <laughs> Look at all those happy faces over there, healthy, happy faces. Glad to have you with us. Some of you I saw a week or two ago, some I feel like I haven't seen for a couple years. Um, it's marvelous to have us reassembling, isn't it? Now, I don't know exactly about that setting of Agnes Deo, but that piece of music uh, people of faith have been singing or listening to for uh, over a thousand years, um, maybe 1,600 years. Um, that gives me just a little bit of pause. You know, the transience of our life, yet it is anchored in uh, a movement that is, is solid and enriching and has been for people. And why is that? How can this be? I'm thinking that there must be something about Jesus, something about this person, this being that we call Jesus Christ. And during these sermons of Lent, we're going to try to be discovering what it is about this Jesus that captures our attention and, and perhaps uh, breaks open our heart or, or stimulates us to uh, fall to our knees, uh, opens our minds. Jesus is presented to us in a number of ways in our scripture, and, and that basically is the way by which we come to know Jesus, although I would say those who are more mystical among us would argue with me and say, well, no, I, I have known Jesus just through the experience of the Spirit in my life. Paul would say that. If you follow in the ways of Paul, you might say that yourself, that Jesus has come to you spiritually and impacted you. And you didn't need any scripture. You didn't need any tradition to open yourself up to that impact. But most of us are not like that. And most of us get our bearings about who Jesus is by what we read in scripture. And we see in scripture a variety of, of presentations. Jesus was thought to have been the new Moses, liberating his people. Jesus was thought to have been Elijah, returning. Jesus was made sense of as the second Adam, the remaker of creation in a second birth. At one point, Jesus asked his disciples as they gathered around him, who do people say that I am? What's, that, what's the word on the street? And, and they said these things that I've just said. And then he said, well, who do you, who do you think I am? Which really is the question of the moment of this season. And Peter, being the, the person that always stepped forward first, says, eh, the Christ. Jesus is presented as a miracle worker, as a sage rabbi, 
as a good, helpful guy, a sacrificial servant, a political radical, a world ruler. Looking at what others say about him, what is our reaction to Jesus? More to the point, who do you say he is? Why do you worship him? Why might you even say that you love Jesus? My hope is that when we arrive at Easter and we celebrate the empty tomb some five, six weeks from today, we'll have a better understanding, each of us personally, about who Jesus is for us, have greater clarity on why it is that we are worshiping him here in this century of enlightenment and all challenges that beset us. Why we might even say to our grandchildren, pay attention to this. Amid all the noise of your life, think about this. This is important to us, to me, and I think it might be important to you in your life. Today's scripture sets the stage in a major way. Jesus goes out to John at the River Jordan for baptism. We know that John demurs and, and Jesus, he thinks, doesn't need it. But Jesus insists he should do as others are doing, he says. I want to invite Rick Schroeder to share with us our scripture for today reading today is from Mark chapter 9 verses, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1 verses 9 through 15. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, in you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. As Jesus emerges from the water, amazing things happen. The heavens are, are torn apart. The spirit like a dove descends on Jesus, we're told. And a heavenly voice proclaims, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. What a moment. 
God's stamp of approval, of empowerment upon Jesus. Yet at the Spirit's lead, Jesus uh, is driven, is led, moves out into the wilderness. If you've traveled with us to the to the Holy Land, you know what we're talking about with wilderness is a bunch of rocks and, and scrabbly little bushes and dust and heat and lack of water and, did I say dust? <laughs> Lots of sand and dust. It's, it's, like, it's like heading out in towards the desert here in Southern California where there's a little mountainousness to it, so it's not just all sand, but there's rugged rust rocks that you can just cut yourself on easily. Um, That's where he's headed. It's a centering, clarifying time. It's, I see it as an empowering time of testing his identity. Jesus resists temptations, we are told, that would would undercut his call, his ministry, his newly given sense of identity. Here in the scripture that we heard, it's referred to in the general, this time in the wilderness. In our other gospels, there's a little bit more specific that is presented to us. Check out Matthew 4 for uh, some other thoughts on what was going on specifically in the wilderness. We hear that Jesus was tempted to turn stones into bread. You know, he's out there fasting, and so he's hungry, and the temptation is, well, take care of yourself. Gather the things that you need. Don't put yourself through this hardship. And Jesus responds to that temptation for material uh, belongings, I think might be a good summary, Uh, well-to-do. We live by more than bread alone, Jesus says. Look beyond your personal needs to find the good life. And then he's, he's tempted to throw himself down from, I think it's the pinnacle of the temple. We can imagine that as you, as you see photographs of the temple mount, you can imagine that we're talking about, well, not that high of what you see now, but that high, the pinnacle of the temple, not of the wall around the temple. And he's tempted to throw himself down from there, surely The Son of God would be saved by God if you were to do that. What kind of temptation is that? It's a a temptation to test God. To kind of say, well, I, I believe in you, God, but you know what? I would really believe in you if you would just show me by saving me. Putting the Lord to the test is the way Jesus says it, and you should not be putting the Lord to the test. 
Just imagine how everybody would have felt about him if they could have seen him throwing himself off the temple and then some mysterious hand comes in and captures him and puts him down. The status he would have had. Well, you know, he said he was the son of God, but now he really must be the son of God. He can just fly off the temple and be caught. Maybe a temptation. A third temptation that were reported that he felt was to become the ruler of the whole world by accommodating himself to some negative and evil thoughts. <laughs> and he said, you know, I worship the Lord only. So, he passes on becoming the ruler of the world, the new Caesar. We got a letter this week uh, passed on by our district superintendent from the bishop of the Nordic conferences, which are uh, Estonia, that area, Finland, for support, prayer support, as well as financial support through UMCOR for helping uh, people sustaining uh, the war. And the bishop had the gall to say that there was a different logic that we followed as Christians than the geopolitical logic of empires. What radical statement. Throw yourself off the temple, Jesus. Worship me, and I will give you everything. And Jesus says, there's a different logic to how the world works. I'm following that one. I'm following God and the power of love. So Jesus resists these three temptations. And he comes out of this experience, as we read in Scripture, with what appears to be a greater sense of clarity about who he is and what he is to do. For it is after this experience that he launches into his ministry, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Now what we see here in this story about Jesus is foundational to our thinking about who Jesus is, our religious thinking about Jesus. That's, the word for that is Christology, our theology of Jesus, of Christ. We see the assertion of Jesus' humanity 
He goes through the process of baptism. He is sorely tempted to doubt himself, to doubt God, which would derail his calling and his work. And we read that and, and we think about that and we kind of extrapolate from that and we say, you know what, it, it, it kind of feels like he knows what it's like to be a human. He knows our yearnings and our hopes. He knows our weaknesses, our strengths, our abilities. He knows the things over which we stumble now and again or often. He knows our fears and our sorrows. We are known. We are understood. We are connected. His consistent sacrifices to bear the witness of God's love and God's grace to the world, to the people marginalized, to all of us. And then the pain of the cross. This all underscores this for us, that Jesus knows humanity. Jesus was human. Yet we also see here in this story that which strengthens our assertion of Jesus' divinity. He receives God's special blessing upon him and he resists these temptations and prevails. And so we assert about Jesus, he's, he's somehow kind of different than us, isn't he? He's somehow more than us. Because who of us resists these great, easy temptations of wealth, status, and power? And so we, we assert he's, he's somehow kind of divine, isn't he? He seems to be divine as well. He is one in identity and purpose and will and, and personhood with God. At, at his disposal, it seems, there are the qualities that one would attribute to God. How is this? We come away from this initial story of Jesus that we're sharing today with a sense that somehow Jesus is human yet is also divine. This dual nature has been the, the thing that people in our movement of faith have been tussling to figure out 
for centuries upon centuries of how can this be, though this is reported to us as true. Dual nature. This dual nature opens the bridge between the divine and the human in, in subtle and in remarkable ways. The connection flows in, in two, both directions. And so we would have the confidence to say that God understands the human condition. We would have the confidence to say that. And also, we should have the confidence to say we have a grasp, graspable, able to be grasped understanding of God. I love this about Jesus, this idea, this reality about Jesus. He is my connection to the divine as well as yours, our bridge, our bridge to the divine. God is, is no longer obscure or remote, some kind of referent for us that is wholly other, fully transcendent from us, above us, beyond us. God isn't over against. God is imminent. God is somehow within and connected. A part of my life. A part of our lives. God is here and now with me, with you, revealed to us in ways that we can understand. I really love that about Jesus. That he shows us the divine and lives and connects with the human. And so I would invite you to let it inform your thoughts about yourself, about who you are, your thoughts about yourself, and also your thoughts about God. I would encourage you to let it affect your relationship with God. Have a confidence to draw close and relax and know that when you are in prayer, that which listens to you knows you. Understands when you're trying to fool yourself. Understands when you're trying your darndest to be your best self. Let this understanding of Jesus also guide you to understand yourself. That yes, you can actually follow in the steps of Jesus because they were human steps. 
Indeed, he might be a paradigm for you. He might actually be the model of your life, and you shouldn't squirrel around about it. You shouldn't hesitate to walk in Jesus' way. Because the Spirit will empower you as well in that pathway. His way is followable. You can follow it. You can do it. Jesus invites you to do it. Now, I really uh, admire Coach K. Duke basketball, if you're not hip. Yesterday was his last coaching effort in the home arena that's named after him. Uh, what is it, 42 years? At, at, is it 42 years as a coach or 42 years at Duke? I don't know, long time. Maybe a little bit of debate whether he or Wooden is the greatest of all time as coaches, but he certainly is right up there. Jesus is like a good coach. Jesus says, listen, hey, 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 listen up. Listen up. Gather around. Listen up. Learn from what I tell you. Coach Wooden is famous as saying, you know, your mothers were never sick. My mother was never sick. And of course, in the back of your mind, you're saying, yeah, of course, she was, all, she was sick. She was sick just like I'm sick, right? But no, your mother was never sick because your mother never took a day off. Your mother was always there whether she was tired or not. This is one of his famous little rants he says to the players. And so try to be as tough as your moms. <laughs> you know, try to just be as tough as your moms and you'll do all right. Listen up and learn from what I have to say, the coach says. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff from Jesus. Watch me do it. Here's how you make that move. Do, 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 do. This is what I'm telling you. You do this, you see what's happening, and then you do that. Watch me. Watch me do it. And see how I do it. Jesus says to us, listen to what I say. Okay, now, watch me do it. Watch me love. Watch me care. Watch me break down the barriers and the boundaries and create a larger family. Watch me break apart the empire and build the kingdom of God. Watch me. Now, you do it, the good coach says.
Now you do it, Jesus says. Try it. Practice it. Get better at it. Perfect it. There's a story about Coach K when he was uh, coaching the uh, Olympic athletes at, 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 I don't know what, what Olympics it was, but Kobe, Kobe was around and, and on the team. And, and at that time, Kobe was saying, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get to take open shots. I don't know how to do that. And Coach said, you're going to get these. You're going to need to have to do that. But I don't do that. I, I, I never, you will have open shots with these other guys on the teams. You will actually have open shots. But I don't know how to do it. Here's how you do it. And he actually encouraged this guy who is what? one of the best players in basketball, to learn how to play a little bit better. And as the story goes, uh, there was a series of a thousand shot nights when the gym was closed and Bryant was in there shooting. Now, he was already one of the best in the world, wasn't he? Try it. Practice it. Keep doing it, perfect it. God is fully on our side to help us reach a holy and a righteous life. You can count on God to be your helper when you extend your hand to God. As that old classic hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. As followers of Jesus, we have time after we hear the message in worship and this whole season of Lent where we get to reflect on what it means to be followers, to learn from Jesus and to discern how we are called to do what Jesus does, how we might live in the world in ways that offer transformation, hope, and new life to those that we encounter whether it's through the tithes, gifts, and offerings that we give to the church or the ways in which we choose to live in the world as examples of God's love. This is a time of discernment, a time of reflection, and a time to connect with our Lord. We receive the gift of music.
Lord be with you, and may the Lord be with us all. Let us lift up our hearts to the Lord our God and give thanks. It's a right and a good thing and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give God thanks. Creator of heaven, creator of earth, creator of you and me. And now as we prepare for the yearly Paschal Feast of your son's death and resurrection, Lord God, you lead us to a time of repentance for our sin and a cleansing of our hearts. We offer it up to you and pray that during these 40 days of Lent, you may help us become prepared might help us to renew our covenant of faith with you. And so we say with all the people in all the ages of heaven, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Truly holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. On the night in which his disciples betrayed and deserted him, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the meal was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you once more, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, in remembrance of all of your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we ask you to accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, which we offer in union with Christ's sacrifice for us as a living and holy surrender of ourselves. Send your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup, that in the the breaking of the bread and in the drinking of the cup, we may know the presence of the living Christ, be one body in him, cleansed by his blood, faithfully serve him in the world and look forward to his coming in final victory. Through him, with him, in him, in unity with the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
was human yet without sin, you've got to just love that about him. It's remarkable. It's, it's outstanding. It's miraculous. Divine, you might say. What a model he is for us in our lives. What a good coach he can be for us. For with his help, we too can aspire and grow towards that kind of righteousness and holiness, that kind, that Jesus kind of graceful, loving lives. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen. Thank you.